This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now that time, 821, you're tuned in to WGNS. And with us in studio this morning, we have representatives from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office and Lisa Marshashoni, their public information officer, is here, along with Sergeant Chris Irwin and also Captain Angela Istvendich. And, and I hope I have that pronunciation correct. So, <laughs> so anyway, I guess starting off with Lisa, any big updates on anything going on i know the jail population is still fairly low which is something they're trying to i guess jails all across the state and country they're trying to keep that population low they are right now especially with the covid but that means what less than 800 there now we have less than 800 i think it was like 720 yesterday it's been a long time since you've seen reduced numbers like that it is it is I, I guess that's an easier population to manage as well, in addition to, of course, making sure that COVID doesn't continue to spread. Yes. It, um, yeah, the less people, the easier it is to manage. <laughs> so around seven-something right now, and misdemeanor crimes, things like that, those are the ones that the judges want to see go home as opposed to staying right there in the population. Yeah, locked up. The county instituted a program, a pretrial release program, that is a lot um, easier for people who don't have a strong criminal background. And based on their background, the crime itself, the magistrates are releasing them. So, you know, I I wonder if this is going to be something that proves to be a positive thing long term because all the jails are doing this, you know. So I I just wonder if this is going to stick around way past the pandemic. I believe it will, Scott. It probably saves money, too. It does. Um, actually, we still, you know, it, with meals and things like that, but we still have the same staff. And also, again, with us this morning, and we were going to talk a little bit about the uh, Sheriff's Citizens Academy, and that is Sergeant Chris Irwin. Now, the Academy, I, I guess, what is the official name? Is it the Rutherford County Sheriff's Citizens Police Academy or you say the word police when it's the sheriff's department no it's just sheriff's um rutherford county sheriff's office academy okay that makes sense i i took the class and everything back in i don't know 90 98 or 99 i think w- would have been a couple years after it started uh but it was interesting and it was it was really interesting the ride along with one of the deputies and a lot has changed you know since 99 or so <laughs> but it is a program that has kept going and it involves citizens here in the community gives them a chance to actually see how the sheriff's office operates but what do you do in classes today um well right now we're not having um any classes uh due to covid but we're hoping to start back up in january um we may have to limit the number that we normally have uh, which is i believe 20 to 25 so we may have to cut that back um but they still do the ride-alongs. Uh, we have um, canine comes in, detectives come in. They all uh, just basically teach what they do and um, and give uh, the citizens a chance to to understand why we do the things that we do. Have you heard any you know interesting stories from people who 
did the ride-alongs. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of them had their eyes open like they didn't expect to see. You know, I didn't know this happened in Rutherford County. But have you got any real interesting tidbits that people have come back with? Um, not off the top of my head. Uh, when I was on patrol back in um, 2011, I had some of them do ride-alongs with me. Yeah. Um, and I believe... Um, one of those we were involved in a pursuit uh so you know they got to see that and how that that really works and um but nothing off the top of my head sorry <laughs> I, I remember the one of the ride-alongs i did uh, we we were in a pursuit and we no we weren't in a pursuit we had to go to a domestic violence call and it was i think way out towards reedyville that area and we were on the other side of town but it, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun you know i don't know if that's the right word to use <laughs> but it, it was fun and when we got there it turned out to be pretty much nothing but it was just it was fun going that fast in a patrol car uh i can see where i can see where people would love their job not only the speed factor but just the factor of, of rushing to help somebody i mean it's, it's pretty cool yeah um getting there pretty quick um it is adrenaline rush, but yeah, when you get to help someone, that that is the best part. Yeah, and you never know what you're going to come up against. I've always heard domestic issues are, are one of the worst things for for deputies, for next door neighbors, even to get involved in. Yeah, they're very unpredictable. You don't know uh, when you get there. A lot of the times, the um, the people involved are upset with each other. But once you you have to make an arrest or something like that they they turn and 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 they feel bad for the one that you know they were arguing with because there is usually with domestics there's love there um you know someone that you're living with or, or that you've known your whole life so you don't want to see you don't want to see them to go to jail or anything like that so it can turn quick and i guess here in tennessee there's a law that basically mandates there's got to be an arrest if somebody was pushed or hit or or anything close to that but you have to determine pretty quickly who the aggressor is i mean that's that's sometimes hard to do yeah it's de they're definitely difficult um situations uh and and you're right the law states that we must make an arrest uh if we can prove that there's a primary aggressor um so it's not always the case of who pushed first but who um took it the furthest and in a lot of cases the the, the victim if you would they don't want to say well this is he, he did it you know I, I he hit me and because they're afraid of repercussions but they also like you said may love the person even though it may be a very mixed up confusing love they still have those feelings so i i guess with all those emotions it does make it a lot tougher and more dangerous yes you're you're correct hey have you ever you know i, I guess had that call where you went there and and you knew what was happening i mean it was obvious what was happening but you just could not convince the two to just you know stand aside so that you could hear each story alone um yeah i mean i've had the calls where you've gotten there um you know what was going on and they didn't want to cooperate um but usually we can it, we can find some kind of middle ground at least get them to um to stay at different houses for that night or something like that uh usually you can um it may take some time but you can usually calm things down enough to where when you leave you feel safe for, for those people involved now coming up here at the rutherford county sheriff's office is the annual 9 11 event this year it's going to be a little different it's going to be virtual because of social distancing and and people trying not to spread COVID 19. so how are you going to do that virtually this year the 9 11 ceremony 
Well, as we were getting closer um, to the event, we didn't want to not have it at all. Um, it it's a very special event. We've had it one ever since um, the year after 9/11 happened. Um, it's become a tradition for a lot of families, and it's we just that's something we always want to remember. Um, and uh, so, what we decided to do is we're still going to do the ceremony. Um, we have um, our guest speaker. We have we're going to have the um, uh, do taps. We're going to do all the stuff we normally do. Uh, but instead of having people come to the sheriff's office, we're just going to do it live on Facebook. Now, I, I know something interesting that a lot of people may not realize. There's actually some pieces of the twin tower that were made into a structure, a memorial in front of the sheriff's office. Lisa, tell me a little bit about that, because I, I, I think it was, what, the year after 9-11 that uh, those were shipped to the sheriff's office? No, Scott, it took a couple of years. You had to apply to get a piece of the towers, and it, Greg Dodson really worked on that project when he was a sheriff's deputy, because it was something just very close to his heart. It took several years and a lot of volunteers to get that beam, but it's a 2,000-pound beam from, um, I think it was the North Tower. Isn't it wild that it's here in Murfreesboro? And, and that's, of course, I, I guess, where they, they do the ceremony each year. Um, the, the site itself is very symbolic because the beam rests on three pedestals. And the tallest pedestal is for the firefighters, who were the ones who lost most of their lives at the towers. And then the second one is for the police officers and the third for the paramedics. But the, the beam points toward New York City. And I, I just think that, that it's, it's very symbolic in many ways. And then we have four corners of the little plaza and it represents each of the planes that were um, hijacked that day. You know, I, I don't know if you've had a chance to go to the museum and the site of where 9-11 occurred, but I went there, I guess, around 2015 or so, and it's just, it's huge, first of all, the museum they have there, but it's just, it's so sad. And as you're walking through the museum itself, it's, the lights are very dim, other than them showing on whatever it was they, you know, mm -hmm. maybe it was a picture that was captured. It was, because they even cut down and preserved walls where people were writing the names of loved ones and that's inside the museum there but it's just it's one of those things that seems unreal still looking back today just it, it doesn't seem like that could actually happen right here in america no it doesn't and i think that we will always remember that as part of our heritage as part of our history and it's something we should never forget and the 9 11 event this year at the sheriff's office again is going to be online but this is, this is a ceremony that's taken place every year since 9-11 right here in Rutherford County. And I'm sure there's so many reasons why, but, you know, one, it's law enforcement here locally showing that, you know, hey, we pay tribute to you in New York. We pay respect to you. And we understand that, I guess, there really are, what, brothers-in-law. That's what you would, a lot of people mm -hmm. would say, you know, one law enforcement department is equal to another and, and they're there to support each other they are um retired judge royce taylor is our speaker this year and he is a navy seal and you know everybody knows him as the frog man 
So we're excited that he's going to speak and tell us about his reflections. You know, it's so interesting to have one of our judges who was a judge here for years until, well, this year, I Mm -hmm. guess, uh, a a retired Navy SEAL. I mean, first of all, you you don't really hear about that many people who were Navy SEALs. You don't. So it's really interesting, especially to hear their story or to hear them share their thoughts on something. Yes, yes. And I think he's going to have a wonderful speech. Definitely so. And that's going to take place on 9-11? Yes, it's at 9 o'clock if people want to tune into Facebook. So 9 o'clock, and that again, coming up on 9-11, it will be in front of the sheriff's office, but it's going to be virtual this year, other yes. than those who are guest speakers or part of the sheriff's yes, office. Yes, yes. So what else is going on within the sheriff's department? Because th- there had to be lots of changes with COVID, even with patrol officers having to, you know, approach a driver that's speeding. I mean, just little things like that you had to tweak. And with us is Captain Angela Isvan Ditch. And, and how have you seen these changes impact not only the officers, but also the citizens? I think there's a lot of fear where it comes to COVID and it's had, it's, it's had to change the way we do business, obviously. Um, we, when this first started, um, we basically um, scaled down our responses. Um, we didn't just go to every single call anymore, um, especially when it was medical concerns and things like that. We'd, we would be on standby for them if they needed us, but we didn't just go with them automatically. That's something that we've changed. Uh, they took a lot of reports over the phone instead of in person. Um, obviously, PPE, uh, p- uh, personal protective equipment, oh, yeah. has been a big part of our our change, where we're um, having to supply everybody with masks and you know gloves and and different things. And at first, we didn't know whether we needed a full suit up or if we actually just could go with just the mask and the gloves and things like that. So that's a that's been a big change. Um, big change with our the way we dispatch calls and things like that. So yeah, it's it's changed uh, across the board, not just with us, but with fire and EMS and everybody. I, I think in the very beginning, those who were paramedics, they looked like they were going to a hazmat scene. They were at the very start. So it, <laughs> they were. it has changed because nobody knew really what COVID was or how it could actually hurt somebody at that time. That's true. And a big challenge for us right now is obviously the schools opening back up. We have a big SRO division. Um, our SROs obviously are in the schools with the teachers and the kids every day and trying to uh, make determinations with the safety and security of, of the schools has been a, a huge challenge for us. I think some of the schools have taken different perspectives on that. Um, one of those big changes was having the kids actually enter school through the back doors of the classrooms so that they're not in direct contact, having to wear masks, you know, on the buses and coming into schools and stuff like that. So it's been a it's been a it's been a huge change for us this year. Probably the biggest one we've had in a long, long time. And then I also heard, you know, parents can't just come and visit the school like they could in the past. They can't just come have lunch with their child, you know, fifth grader, fourth grader, whatever it may be, uh, because all that's changed. And I guess the sheriff's department has to adapt with that. And they're still I don't know what happens whenever somebody does come to a school, a parent is a deputy, one of the SROs, do they always go to meet them or or how does that usually work? I'm not real familiar how, I think every school has a different way of dealing with that. I know um, in particular for, for me having a child in school, 
Um, they have a staff member that actually comes, um, a designated staff member that actually comes and meets the parent. A lot of our schools now, because of safety concerns, um, have a visual, a video camera at the door and they can actually see the parent and speak with them and do all their business without actually ever letting them in the, in the facility. And now with COVID, it's, it's even more strict. That's right. So it, it, it's interesting to see how things change over time. And again, you know, just like the jail population, some of the things that are changing, we're going to see, you know, continue to remain the way they have changed. That's true. So it's some good, probably some not so good. That's true. It's a little of everything. <laughs> That's true. What do you do with traffic stops these days? I mean, do, they, do the officers wear a mask up to the person's window when they say, well, you know, I pulled you over for such and such reason. I, I mean, how does that usually pan out? And are you seeing the drivers, you know, give that courtesy of putting a, a face covering on as officer walks up? I think in some cases you probably do. Um, I think a, a lot of times maybe not rolling the window all the way down and having that window as a barrier and being able to just speak through a, a, a smaller um, area in the window and stuff like that has been beneficial. You know, the officers obviously have masks and, and things like that to protect themselves and stuff, but, you know, we don't we don't expect the drivers to all have masks on there or to, or to comply with it. But there's been an overwhelmingly um, good response in our community to, to our officers in trying to help keep them safe as well. So we've been, we really do appreciate that. I, I know in nearby Nashville, the Metro Police Department's been actually issuing tickets or citations for people not wearing a mask. And they publicly said, you know, this is a law and we're going to enforce it. And they put out extra officers in downtown Nashville. And it, I don't know, it just seems to me that's the wrong message to give to the public. It, it seems like that more educational approach is the better way to go. Otherwise, you're just inciting, you're making somebody mad. Um, so I, how has that all panned out here in Rutherford County as far as deputies saying, well, you need to wear a mask, or are they saying it'd be a good idea to wear I, I mean, we, Encouragement is our, is our <laughs> motto, encouraging and education. Um, we, we really encourage folks to wear masks. And we really try to educate them as to why they need to wear a mask. You know, we, we, we're not issuing citations or anything like that. Um, the, uh, um, it is, you know, a, a mandated thing here in Rutherford County to wear a mask in public and things like that. And, and one thing is setting an example. You know, we wear a mask when we're out in the public. We set a good example for, for our citizens, you know. And, and so far, our citizens have been really good about being compliant, and we haven't had any major issues with that at all. You know, it's a very odd time because I don't think anyone ever expected a government mandate to come out saying, you have to wear a mask. So, I mean, it's, it's something that, especially the older generation, they, they hear about it, and it, I'm sure it irritates a lot of people. But at the same time, I understand it does protect their health. But it's just a, a strange, it's just strange these days. It really is. It's, 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 it's hard. You know, it's a balancing act. Um, you know, you do want to see people to be safe and you do want to encourage them, you know, especially if they have other health issues and things like that, to wear a mask and things like that. But, you know, you're right. Across the country, you see all the different, you know, ways people are trying to handle it and i don't know if any really anybody really knows the right answer to be honest with you no because in the beginning you were hearing all different things from different states <laughs> and, and it was just you didn't know what to really think or what to believe in the beginning of all of this 
Now within the jail itself, are inmates wearing a mask or are they just simply being totally separated from one another? No, oh, they, they wear a mask. They, all the inmates have been given a mask um, and all the staff members that work with the inmates all wear a mask and any other protective equipment they need at the time. Is there anything new coming up within the Sheriff's Department, any new law, maybe a new DUI-related units or uh, interstate crime enforcement units, anything big coming up? Well, we did just get approved um, through a, a government grant um, for five additional officers, uh, deputies to be added to um, uh, for uh, um, Lisa may know more about it but uh um, but we have just recently gotten approved for uh, five additional officers through a grant to help us with some uh, drug enforcement type things of course rutherford county continues to grow and ut did a study back in 2018 that said the population of rutherford county was going to reach i think it was around 500,000 by year 2040 mm -hmm. which uh, when you think about it that's that's what 20 years from now it's not too far ahead but with that being said, is the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department ready to, to make that growth with the county? I hope so. <laughs> it would definitely be beneficial to us if, if, if we can grow as the county grows. It's hard to play catch up when you get behind with having to deal with enforcement issues and traffic issues and all the different things that we have to, we have to hopefully we can look into the future and see that this is where we're going to go and this is where we need to be. Now with a sheriff's department, just like with a police department, you also have to keep up with the current payroll, whatever that current trend may be at other departments. So that's also kind of a tough balancing act, I guess, and bringing on new deputies while also trying to meet this, whatever the standard pay is at other departments nearby because you want to keep your deputies. It's true. Very true. We so, were fortunate enough last year that um, we were given a, a significant pay raise. Um, the county, uh, uh, you know, get, took an opportunity to actually uh, give the sheriff's department and other employees in the county a pretty good pay raise last year um before COVID happened luckily <laughs> and so and so it's kind of helped us be competitive with some of our local agencies here that's you know surrounding us you are currently hiring i believe for patrol positions and uh, are there any other positions that are being hired for within the sheriff's department we do we have um openings right now both in detention um and in patrol and we do have some warrants clerks positions that are posted right now on on uh, the county website where folks can go and look at the county website and they can actually apply there um through through our county website through the hr department so i guess best thing just google rutherford county government sheriff's department or, or something along those lines and it should pull up the right links then you'll be able to maybe even apply online and or either get an interview because i don't even know how are they doing interviews with COVID going on? Are they actually calling people in or doing them over the phone? Actually, we do do interviews. Um, they can, uh, just to just to clarify that, they can go on the Rutherford County government's website and it go to the human resources uh, uh, directory there and it, it'll have job opportunities and they can uh, push on that and it'll show all the opportunities that are there and then they can apply directly for there. Do you have a big turnover at the sheriff's office or do you really, or are you able to hold on to those who start out as, you know, the, the lowest deputy patrol level possible, that they stay with you for the next 20, 30 years? I mean, what, what are you seeing there? 
we do have a, a, a high turnover rate in, you know, in my opinion. Now, um, it, it seems that way, but it seems like we're hiring all the time. Um, I think that's pretty much the same across the board in any agency right now. Um, <clears throat> we have folks that do come and stay f for, you know, the entire career, obviously, but um, we do have a lot of younger folks that come in and they get hired and they get through the training and everything and they do move on to other other agencies or other opportunities. You, you know, I think that's true with a lot of the younger generation. That I don't, you don't see them staying at one job for life, whereas in years past you would see one person stay at whatever factory it may be their entire life, then retire from there. But true. these days, I, I think, I don't know, the younger generation is more mobile and they're not afraid to make moves such as, you know, what well, here's a better offer in Florida, but that happens a lot. So it's probably hard for every department to retain employees. It so is going to be a tough one. It is. It is. It, it just recently I, I've, uh, had a personal experience where uh, a person who I actually recruited to become an officer um, just out of the blue took a job in another state you know and it's you know it's it's just you're right it's easy for them to just say okay this is better better pay better opportunity and they just up and go that I don't know I, I I've never been somebody who could make a split decision and decide well I'm gonna move on to XYZ you know because that you want to stay, it seems like it'd be best to stay with the same company, the same department. That way you do have that chance to actually go up the career ladder instead of making these lateral moves all the time. That's true. It, it, it has its benefits for sure to stay within the same. Uh, un unfortunately, in, a law, in law enforcement, if you move from department to department, then you have to go and start all over and begin, you know, as a patrol officer or as a detention officer and then start you know, going back through the whole process of trying to, you know, being promoted or moving to different divisions and things like that. So it's very beneficial if you stay in the same department for a long time. Well, the big thing, I guess, about staying with the same department, you're able to know the citizens in the community where you're working, which is a very positive thing. It's kind of like going back to the SRO program and the director and the past director of schools have always said that it's great to see these familiar deputies in place in schools because they get to know the kids over the years as the kids are aging. And with that, you know, there comes a trust. And that trust factor is huge in law enforcement in working with the community. Absolutely. We've, we've had several times over the years where, and we're one of the, the few departments that had SROs in the schools for more than 25 years. So we have SROs that are actually teaching their students they had when they were SRO, when they first became SROs, their kids, and now I think maybe even maybe a grandkid out there. So, um, and that's a huge thing. We have a lot of uh, people that have a lot of respect for the SROs. They still keep a good relationship with them. And when something happens, you know, having that relationship, it's not uncommon for, for them to be the one to call the helpline or the hotline or, or talk to an SRO and say, hey, I know what happened with this or I know that person and that kind of stuff. So it's very beneficial for us. This morning we have guests in studio from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office and we're going to take a short break right now 
and then we will be right back. Temperature outside is currently at 70 degrees. You're tuned in to WGNS. This is Peter Demas, and I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's restaurants. One of the things that we have always done is we have been very careful with the way that we sanitize our tables. We have mandatory hand washing stations. Our employees are required to wear masks. We are just overall just being very careful with everything that we are doing and the way we handle food, the way we handle plates to ensure everybody's safety as they return and start enjoying the dining room experience again. Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If I could talk to the animals. Here at Animal City, we have an excellent variety of pond supplies and the expertise to help you get your garden pond looking beautiful. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. As we approach our 30th anniversary, our family at Animal City wants to thank you for your support. And for your convenience, we're happy to take call-ahead orders for curbside delivery. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. This portion of the show brought to you by Mapco. How do you feel about two for three dollar Lay's or Cheetos? What about regular M&M's for only a dollar? These are just a handful of the sweet deals you'll find right now at Mapco. You'll be surprised how they always have great deals for your everyday cravings. And don't forget to download their My Rewards mobile app to earn points toward items like ice-cold fountain drinks and even fuel. The app is available for both iPhones and Androids. Stop by and save at your local Mapco today. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Hey guys, I'm Marcellus from Bubba Gandy Seafood, the freshest seafood in town with a new delivery every single week. The Gandy name started in the seafood industry over 60 years ago in Panama City, Florida. Now in the borough. On Memorial Boulevard, across from the sports Club. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. Hi, this is Jay Farner, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. We can help guide you to those right decisions now, when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows, so when you call 8338-ROCKET, or visit us at rocketmortgage.com to start your refinance, you'll be well on your way to saving money every month. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.375%, APR 3.59%. Right now could be a great time for you to take some positive financial steps forward with a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, which could give you the boost that you're looking for. In addition, we may be able to help you refinance with little or no out-of-pocket costs. At Rocket Mortgage, we're committed to every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, giving you the best mortgage experience. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Rates subject to change. Pay 1.875% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. The partnership and official merger between First National Bank and Capstar Bank has received final shareholder and regulatory approval. Shelley Rigsby and the same great staff that you've grown to depend on at First National Bank of Murfreesboro are still there. In fact, the name remains the same until mid-November, when they combine under the Capstar brand and system. Member FDIC.
The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Right now that time is 8.52. You're tuned in to WGNS, and it is, again, 8.52, temperature outside, 70 degrees. And we got representatives this morning from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. Lisa Marshashoni, the Public Information Officer, is with us this morning. And also with us, Sergeant Chris Irwin. And, uh, you know, as time goes on, you see you meet a lot of people in the community, some you, you make great friendships with. And that friendship may have even started with a citation. I mean, it's interesting how friendships progress within law enforcement and the community. But one of those who was befriended by a lot of people was Liz Jernigan, the woman who was hit and killed by a car recently uh, on Memorial Boulevard. But she's one of those faces who a lot of people knew over the years because she was always out walking. She was. um Liz is, was part of our SCAN program, the Senior Citizens Awareness Network program. That's cool. I, I didn't realize that. There are so many things about Liz we're learning now. <laughs> did, did you, I don't know, I'm sure you've seen her, her house before, but she had plastic flowers that she would plant in front of her house. Not real ones, plastic. <laughs> yes. So. Um, SCAN was able to help her and, you know, provide air conditioning for her and, and a TV. And she was... She was one of our favorites. Um, we have a scan picnic every year, and one of the things she, that I will always remember about her, she we helped um, the Interfaith Dental Service helped her with through scan to get false teeth, oh, and wow. she said those false teeth helped her sing better. <laughs> and during the last scan picnic that we had, it was last year, of course, but she could not wait to sing. For my, to the sheriff, to Mike Fitzhugh, and you know she just she just broke out in a gospel song, and it entertained everybody there. She's so funny. She is, and and she, I, I don't know how many years she's lived in the downtown Murfreesboro area, but you know she's always she was always out walking, you know, from her house to the store or to the journey home to eat lunch, or I mean, she was just always out and about. She rehearsed before she sang to the sheriff. She rehearsed oh, did before she? me. And I mean, you've got to love Liz. She, and she loves to sing. Yes. I mean, and, and she'll tell you, you know, hey, can I sing a song for you? And, and just, she does it. You know, yes. it, it's really funny. But at the same time, people like that are just, it's so sweet. You know, yes. you don't run across people like that these days. She, she was just, she'll always be in our hearts. And she passed away, I guess it was, was it last week? I'm trying to think. It was what Friday day. night, I believe. Friday night, around 930 or so. And she was struck by a vehicle on Memorial, not too far from where she lives. Um, so it's just, it, it's a sad situation when things like that unfold. But unfortunately, that happens in towns, you know, people, there's traffic accidents all the time yeah. in every growing community. You talked about the population. Um growing so much in Rutherford County and I, I saw the figure that it was supposed to be 500,000 in 20 years that's hard to imagine but with that comes the traffic too. yeah yeah it, it's it's wild that Rutherford County has grown so fast because I remember well you know when I was in elementary school or so the, the population was 
maybe, I don't know, 40-something thousand in Murfreesboro or, or so, right around that number, and now we're 130 to 160,000 in Murfreesboro alone. Yes. And, and Rutherford County, right now, the, the U.S. Census is doing the population count, but I think last count was around 330,000 for the county, and that's expected to be closer to 360,000 yes. whenever the count's finished. Yes. So we're going to see a, a, a lot of... A lot of changes over the next years to come, especially with Nashville increasing the property tax. That's going to bring more people to us in I Rutherford. I think so. I think so. And, and, you know, with that population increase, that also means additional grant money available. It means additional money from the state coming back to Rutherford County to pay for things like, you know, helping law enforcement departments out. Yes. For people who are interested in a law enforcement career, I would suggest they try to apply at the sheriff's office. It's a lovely department. We care about each other. You know, we're just a big family there. And with Sheriff Fitzhugh, we have integrity, and he really cares about the employees. I think we care about each other, and that makes a difference in law enforcement. And, and right now is a great time to get started on, on that new career because the Sheriff's Department is hiring, and you've got different positions that are currently open. But when you do get hired, is it the sheriff's department that would send you to the proper training facility yes yes everybody has to go to the tennessee law enforcement training academy and i believe it's a 12-week program now so you go to the academy after you get hired and then from there you know come back to rutherford county your position whatever your position may be uh and then that's when the career i guess fully starts yes. um, we have our own training program basically you're going to be in training for about a year okay because we want our officers to be well trained when they're out on the streets well it, it's huge to be able to feel confident enough to say well this is why i'm i'm arresting you and and i mean that's that's kind of a big thing that you need to be confident in so that's very positive yeah our uh, our training is is amazing um and like she said, it's almost a year uh, worth to, before you um, are turned loose on your own on patrol. Um, because, it, like you said, it, it's a big deal. You're taking someone's freedom every time that uh, even if you make a traffic stop, you know, you're holding them for a minute. So even for, you know, to give them a speeding ticket, you're taking their freedom. So you, you need to know the law. You need to know what you're doing. Um, and we provide that. Um, and right now we're hiring uh, with no experience. Um, for a while there, we were only taking post-certified um, people that have already been through the academy, but right now we're doing no experience. Uh, for, de for detention, uh, you gotta be 18 years or older, high school diploma or GED, and then for patrol, same thing except 21 years. Sounds good, and we're already out of time. I didn't realize that. It's it's 9 o'clock. You're tuned to WGNS. Guests from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office have been with us this morning. Thank you for joining us. Right now, that time once more, 9 o'clock, local news is next. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSradio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk.